The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome, everyone. Ken and Cheryl here with Lynn O'Shaughnessy, author of The Shrinking, or, or excuse me, Shrinking the Cost of College. Um, well, college tuition today has been increasing faster than inflation for years, and with the most expensive colleges costing 50000 or even more annually. Not only that, but with the um, devaluating of portfolios in the last couple of years, parents and students alike have seen college savings decimated. Schools have also felt the pinch with endowment losses and state budget cuts. Added to that depressing situation is the increase in college debt and the decrease in jobs for graduates. Today's guest has some desperately needed advice in solving this financial storm for families who want what is best for their future, both in terms of a solid education and financial security. Stay tuned for some practical information that can reduce the cost of education for you and your children. Um, Before we get started, I just want to remind you we have uh, always looking to add value for our listeners, and we've created seven free videos to help you get a better job, better pay, and a better life. To access the free videos, simply go to www.betterjobbetterlife.com. Now, to give a brief introduction to Lynn, Lynn O'Shaughnessy is a professional financial uh, journalist with best-selling books on retirement planning, investing, and financing college. She is a contributor to um, major publications such as the Wall Street Journal, Money Magazine, Kiplinger's, uh, Consumer Reports, as well as U.S. Uh, uh, News and World Report and USA Today. She also blogs for CBS Money Watch and the College Solution blog. She is author of The College Solution and the Shrinking, uh, Shrinking the Cost of College, 152 Ways to Cut the Cost of a Bachelor's Degree. Welcome, Lynn. We're delighted to have you join us today. Well, thanks, Cheryl, for inviting me. Well, you have uh, a very um, important topic for so many families, um, for all the reasons we discuss at the top of the show. But before we get into specifics about reducing costs of college um, education, share a little about your career and how you decided to specialize in financial planning, and particularly in financing college. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, I've been a financial journalist for many, many years, since the mid-'90s when I left the L.A. Times, um, when my husband got a job down in San Diego and I moved down, and I had to figure out how to, what to do with my uh, 401K and pension, and so I ended up becoming a, um, a financial writer and writing for many, as you already said, some of them national financial publications. But when my daughter was freshman in high school and she's now a senior in college, 
um, I realized, I thought I had covered every financial topic under the sun, but I had never really known about dealing with pain for college once your kid's a teenager, because most of the information you read is about starting early to save for a child's education. Mm-hmm. And we had saved, I thought, enough to go to my daughter to the University of California system, but then she started talking about private schools, and I'm like, oh, my God, those are the ones that cost so much. So that's how I started researching it, and I switched to just writing about um, college strategies for families with teenagers because no one was writing about it. Mm-hmm. And the high school counselors that uh, don't really know much about this at all because they're not trained in college planning, which is a national scandal. Financial advisors don't know much about helping families with teenagers. Um, and so I thought this was the perfect place for me as a financial journalist to dig in and help families. Well, you certainly have a niche uh, and one that's... Um needed by virtually every every family at some time in their life history. So it is. uh, we really appreciate your coming on and sharing some of your expertise today. Well, tuition for the last um, school year, uh, 08 and 09, jumped 6.25% or 6.4% for an average of over 6,000 for in-state students and and public public four-year schools, and then even... um, almost 6% to an average of over 25000 in private institutions. So it's kind of mind-boggling the cost of school these days. What's the biggest myth about college prices? Okay, well, the biggest myth is that believing these price tags. I mean, college today is priced like airline tickets. You know, when you're, when you're wanting to fly, you're trying to get the cheapest place price possible. So the, the guys on either side of you on the plane could be paying far more. It's the same with college. Don't believe the price tags. Even though 59% of people pick colleges, they eliminate colleges just based on price. But ironically, sometimes a $50,000 school for certain kids will cost less than a state school. The average tuition discount at private schools across the country today is 35, about 35%. It's huge. And for state schools, which don't cost as much on, on the face of it, it's 15%. So that's the first thing you should do is not believe the price tags. Lynn, does that mean that um, basically when you are looking at accounts, you can negotiate price? Is well, that what you're it, suggesting? It, um, well, colleges... And this is something that I get into in my ebook, uh, Shrinking the Cost of College, on my website. But basically, schools are competing for kids. And so if you're a good kid and a school wants you, and this is, um, you know, if you have a certain GPA and uh, or a certain SAT score, though there's a lot of SAT optional schools, which I think we're going to get into later. So even if your kid doesn't do well in SAT or ACT, it doesn't necessarily matter. But they want kids who have done well, and they will give discounts routinely to kids that they want for their school. And one reason why there's all this competition and why schools are so willing to discount their prices is because of U.S. News and World Report. They want, you know, everybody looks at U.S. News and World Report, and they schools want to inch up in their rankings. So how do they do that? One way is to actively look for kids that will help them improve their academic profile. So it's very cynical, but that's just how it how it's working today in the college world. Then what's amazing about that is that uh, you know, we've been around a lot of years and have been looking at this for a lot of years, but 
uh, the, I'm confident the vast majority of parents who are looking at schools don't really understand um, any or much of what you're talking about. Is that no. do you find that to be the case? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's one reason why I'm in this, because as I said before, most people are getting their information from high school counselors. And across this country, most, if not all, high school counselors of public schools have to have master's degrees to be counselors. But these master's degree programs do not include college counseling. I mean, it's rare to have even one class on college planning in these counseling master's degree programs. It's crazy. Yeah, so it I think a lot of families think if I only had FaceTime with my high school counselor, I'd, I'd get everything I need to know, but that's not true. Yeah, the parents really have to become educated. This is one way they can do it. Yeah, well, uh, in terms of uh, searching for the top um, um, students, isn't part of that also the fact that there's a 50% dropout and a lot of these colleges want to make sure they have you know a good, solid number of, of those who are going to stick with it for four years. Yeah, I mean, they want to get the the high, you know, the best kind of kids they can into their schools. Um, well, they, sure. yeah. well, the average student is carrying a, a really record debt load of more than $23,000. I mean, that's just even before they get out and graduate in some cases. Meanwhile, the unemployment among college grads um, ages 20 to 24 is the highest in recorded history at 10.6%, so it's pretty staggering. How can these graduates make their debt more manageable? Um, well, one thing they could do is when you're borrowing, okay, borrow through federal student loans. Those are the best student loans, okay, because they have some protections that private student loans do not have. Uh, they have a really cool, it's fairly new, it's an income-based repayment program for kids who like you just mentioned, there's a lot of unemployed new college graduates out there or kids who are underemployed. So if they've borrowed through the federal loans, like the Stafford loans is the main one, then they can seek out this income-based repayment plan through the federal government, and they will only pay, their monthly payments will be based on what they're earning rather than what they, the debt they've racked up in college. So if you to find that, if you, you could just Google... Um, IBR, that's I, and then B like boy, R like rabbit, and just and then Google that and student debt, and you will find the website that will give you all the information about uh, this great new program. Then one of the things that um, we discover on what what I call our side of the fence, and that's a job search find, just as you find. Um, so few schools really have uh, someone who's intelligent in terms of planning and financial planning and all the rest. Mm-hmm. We discover the same thing in terms of career counseling. Mm-hmm. You know, those that truly understand how uh, kids need to go out and achieve better job, better pay, better life, and excellent advice in terms of what to do. It's just, it's tragic in many cases how many of these kids just are going through school and are getting no advice whatsoever. Right. It's just we find it to be mind-boggling. Do you uh, find that to be true in your travels? Yeah, you know, I'm not. My my thing isn't the whole college career aspect, but I I, I, I that doesn't surprise me at all. I think kids think that they're going to get the answers from adults. They're not necessarily. I mean, you really have to you know empower yourself. I think and educate yourself. You know, whether you're looking for careers or picking schools. Another article I mentioned, uh, 
during break was uh, this one that talked about college is saying, you know, hey, kids, don't worry about getting through in four years. Take your time, to, uh, you know, take five, take more. And, of course, that's more money to them. And if they stay five years, six years or longer, it's just it's unbelievable that this is the kind of advice these kids are getting. Well, and, and actually, I, in my, my book, um, The College or the Shrinking the Cost of College, I do mention one of the ways to cut cost is to look at the four-year graduation rate of colleges and universities. You're not going to find those if you buy the big, thick guides like the Fisk Guide and the Princeton Review. They have the six-year rates. Like, who, what parent in this, on this planet wants their kid to stay in college for six years? Exactly. You know? So um, where you can find the four-year graduation rates of any school is um, collegeresults.org, which is a wonderful service of the Education Trust. And just go on collegeresults.org, and then you can type in a, the name of any school in the country, um, and then say you want the four-year rate, and you'll find it. And you can even find the four-year rate of girls versus boys. Usually girls have a much better chance of getting out in four years than boys. And then they will also break it down by ethnicity, too. So uh, that's a great resource. Yeah, well, we did talk, we'll be talking about some other resources throughout the program. I appreciate your mentioning those as we go along. Well, I just want to um, mention for those listeners who are uh, graduates um, in the job market or perhaps parents who have uh, young graduates who have not found a professional job as yet. We help uh, many with Job Search at Total Systems, and the graduates uh, who we've worked with often share with us that their colleges, their college career centers and so forth, don't really provide them the practical training they need to find the jobs and enable to, uh, to place, or unless they place you know, through the campus recruiting, they're in trouble. So for those graduates, uh, we want to send you to um, www.betterjobbetterlife.com for those seven free videos as a starting point, and then uh, you'll want to get a hold of Job Search a Total System. Well, then, before we go into uh, break here, just briefly, what are the biggest sources of um, college cash, so to speak, to reduce the cost? Okay, well, the biggest sources from the colleges themselves, as I mentioned, all these discounts that schools will give kids that they want, um, so that, in fact, that's one reason why this cost of college is higher because they've increased the tuition, but then they take some of that money and give it to the kids they really want. Um, next is the federal government. Thirty-two percent of money comes from the federal government, and then state governments. The private scholarships, which everybody seems to think is the way to go, is the least um, amount of money. Interesting. Well, we're going to take a little break here, uh, but when we come back, we'll explore more of Lynn's proven strategies to reduce the cost of college education. So stay tuned. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. 
Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Are you unhappy with your life? Looking to get unstuck from your rut? Are your fears of happiness, love, and success holding you back? You deserve a second chance. Tune in to Second Chances with Susan Armstrong. Each show will help you find your inner success. Whether it's financial success, relationship success, or the happiness and freedom in your personal life. You'll hear from Susan and some of the most influential guests who are talking the talk and walking that walk. Second Chances airs live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to total career success with ken and cheryl dawson do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show please send an email to tcs on air at tcsworldwide.com now back to the program welcome back ken and cheryl here with lynn o'shaughnessy author of shrinking the cost of college and um, at the break um lynn you mentioned a number of sources and the primary one is the colleges themselves uh, what's the best way to research the various discounts that would be available? Well, gosh, there's a lot of ways. <clears throat> and actually, I mean, I could spend a whole hour doing that. I mean, the best way, one, I mean, I'll share with somebody, one great way is just get my ebook, which you can get on my website, thecollegesolution.com, and it gives you all the ways you can do this. But one of the ways you can look is, uh, very simply, is the College Board. If you go to collegeboard.com, you can type in the name of any school in the country, okay? And then click, once you get up to their profile, you want to click on uh, financial aid, cost of financial aid. And then you can scroll down and see, all right, what is the average tuition, I mean, the average financial aid package that the school awards, and what is the breakdown of loans versus grants? Mm-hmm. Um, because you want a school that gives more, obviously, more grants, free money than loans. And then for affluent kids who wouldn't qualify for need-based aid, you want to look at something called um, non-need-based aid, which is higher ed jargon for merit money for affluent kids. And you can look and see if that school gives any. Uh, Some of the more elite schools don't, like the Ivy Leagues. But most schools do give, give money to affluent kids because once again as I mentioned earlier they you know schools are competing for good kids 
Right, and and one of the strategies you actually mentioned, Lynn, is to ignore the Ivy League schools. So, so why do you suggest well, that for this reason? I don't know. That I say ignore the Ivy League schools. I think that there's way too, way too much focus on them. I mean, mm-hmm. basically, point two percent of kids in this country, freshmen heading off to school this you know this week and last week and next week, are going to Ivy Leagues. Point two percent. I mean, yet yeah. so much focus is on these darn schools. Um, the Ivy Leagues do give generous financial aid packages for kids who have, you know, need, middle-income, low-income kids. The thing is they don't take that many of those kids. Yeah. So they can get a lot of credit for having these great financial aid packages, but for, you know, the poor kids trying to get in, not a lot of them do. The Ivy Leagues attract far more wealthy kids, and those kids will pay full price for that education. Mm. Well, right. and the question I get all the time is this. Um, uh, is there a... Um, a standard of excellence relative to, you know, uh, cost of school versus quality education. For instance, um, would you say, generally speaking, that your local state school, uh, all things being considered, is probably the biggest bang for the buck in terms of quality education? Um, Not necessarily. It depends because if you can get – Sometimes it will be, but if you can, some of these schools, if you use, you know, the strategies in my, my e-book, the co- Shrinking the Cost of College, you can sometimes find for a smart kid uh, private schools that will discount the price so much that um, you will, it will be cheaper than even a state school. So, yeah. um, and you're probably more likely to get out in four years. Okay, another... So there's no, you know, it just depends. For some yeah, kids, yeah. yeah, the state school is going to be the best most economical place. Right. Not for everyone. That's the thing. It's hard okay. to just now, now, another thought process that many people have is, well, I'll start at a two-year community college and then maybe work my way into a state school or maybe even a private school. Your your thoughts or suggestions on that? Yeah, I mean, that can be a good solution, too, but particularly for kids uh, who haven't done as well in 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 high school, you know, and they don't have the kind of grades or academic profile that will make some schools want to discount their price for them, um, that can be a great way to get started. And, um, you know, the, the key is getting out in, in two years, of course. But there are private schools that will give, um, you know, grant scholarships to kids who transfer. Uh, sometimes it's not as much as they would give a kid who started there as a freshman. But some schools are even giving the same amount of money to, say, transfer kids as to freshmen. So the key is if you're going to community college, start off, make sure you get advising. You go to the advisor, find out what classes you should be taking, you know, to get out of there in two years, and also to make sure you're taking classes that will transfer to the four-year school. Okay, one more question on that. In in our book, Job Search the Total System, we talk about A-plus across the board, A-plus resume, A-plus interviewing, A-plus everything. But in negotiating, A-plus negotiating and and essentially coming in and having a negotiating strategy in place, are you suggesting or, or should we suggest to parents that they go into schools and basically be prepared to negotiate with that school in terms of getting the best bang for the buck? Well, you know, once you get a financial aid package, you can, you know, negotiate in many cases, um, uh, but to me, the main thing, you know, 
is to find schools that are good fits to begin with because then you're more likely to get money from those schools. Um, what I think is um, a bad idea most of the time is that high school concerts give is like, oh, um, go, you know, apply to some safety schools, some reach schools. Well, the reach schools, the thing about reach schools is that, you know, you're reaching for them, that your your grades and your extracurriculars and your test scores aren't as good as most of the kids who get into that school. If you get into a school like that, a reach school, those reach schools really don't need you that much, and so they probably aren't going to give you much of any money. They might give you a financial aid package that's all loans. So to me, the key to getting money is to find schools that are really good matches for your mm-hmm. kids, and then the money is more likely to be offered. That makes really good sense. And, and if you're reaching and you're not, um, you know, in the upper part or at least the middle part of the student body, uh, it can be a little depressing and also uh, undermine the confidence in succeeding as well. Right. So psychology plays into that whole scenario as well. Right. Well, most people assume that they'll get their best deals where they have residency, where the family has residency. What is the advantage in considering schools outside your region? Okay. Well, yeah, I think if you look outside your 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 own um, state, you know, to private schools, for instance, oftentimes you can, you know there's a lot of schools that are interested in kids that live far from their schools, and because they're interested in geographic diversity, I mean, a, a campus can be so much more interesting if you have children from all over the country. Um, and so, like my son's school, for instance, he's a freshman at uh, Beloit College in Wisconsin. We live in San Diego. I mean, forty—he's having a great time. He's meeting kids from all over the country. Forty-five um, percent of the kids at that school are from 500 miles away or more. So that is not the norm. Most of the time, most of the kids who who live in this, who go to school, go to school within 50 miles. Um, but you can get some really good discounts if you are willing to um, look far afield. Just because you know a school in Ohio or Michigan or or Florida, they want kids from California and, and uh, New York and Wyoming, places like that, and they like to brag about how hey, we got kids from all 50 states or 48 states. So it can it can really help. For instance, my own. My own son, for instance, we're paying less for him at this private college. Um, it's, I think it's the room and board and tuition is $42,000. we are paying um, about 22000 this year, and that was less than if he had gone to University of California school. Interesting. Lynn, how so, about veterans? We have a lot of veterans listening in. Your suggestions or recommendations for veterans? Well, I would look into that the GI Bill to, um, you know, see what's available as far as, you know, the, the tuition, you can get some really good tuition discounts if you're a veteran right now. So I would definitely take advantage of it. One thing that I would caution um, veterans, though, is a, a, a large portion of these veterans are ending up going to these for-profit schools. Uh, and I would just be careful about some of those because um, those schools, I don't know. I'm not convinced that they provide a better education or as good an education as some of the state schools or the nonprofit schools. So be very careful when veterans when you're looking at your education options. And of course, you, you're you're aware of uh, the uh, 
and I, I'll call it a scandal. I mean, these for-profit schools that are, in essence, um, you know, giving these kids uh, incorrect information relative to how to get money and how to go about it, oh, just to yeah, it's uh, a, it's a scandal. And I, you know, I I tell people to beware. I, I would not recommend anyone go to these for-profit schools, and they also are the source of the majority of defaults, loan, uh, student loan defaults. Wow. Um, a lot of kids default on their loans who go to these for-profit schools, the kind of schools you see advertised on TV. Exactly. You know, an easy way to avoid them, don't go to a school that you see advertised on the television. That will, that exactly. will eliminate a lot of the problem. Okay. Well, we're going to take a little break here, and when we return, we're going to explore other strategies for financing and college education. So stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Lynn O'Shaughnessy, and we're talking about shrinking the cost of college, a very timely topic. 
And in the last segment, uh, Lynn, you mentioned uh, the importance of considering merit aid for uh, families that are a little better, um, a little well off uh, financially. What's the best way to um, to find out about the merit aid, and what are some of the tools you can use to do that? Well, you know, uh, one easy way that you can do that is um, go to meritaid.com. Um, it has uh, it's a cool website because it it gives all of the scholarships that all schools have um, offer. And uh, you can type in the name of any school in the country, and you're going to get what all of their scholarships are. And then you can also go to, and it, I think it has links to the schools too, you can also go to individual schools, and oftentimes um, colleges and universities will have pages where they explain what their scholarships are and um, often sometimes what it takes to get those scholarships. Um, so those are some really um, great tools. Okay, great. Well, um, Section 529 plans are, um, you know, good ways to, to save money. Can you share a little bit about that and how families can get started with these? Um, you know, 529s, they're, I think they're um, good for chiefly for families who are, you know, have time to be saving for their kids' college, and all states offer them. Some of them are, I wouldn't go near because they're expensive and they have crummy um, mutual fund choices, but um, basically when you invest in them, then the money grows tax-free, and when you pull the, pull the money out for college, it's also tax-free, uh, the withdrawals. You can only use it for college, um, and you can you have to put it in a child's name. You can't open one account and, and use it to save for more than one kid. Um, what I recommend is to find um, 529 plans that are as cheap as possible, expenses. Um, what I like and use is the Vanguard's um, 529 plan. I like index funds, and if you go to Vanguard.com, you will find Vanguard's 529 plan, which happens to be connected with the state of Nevada. Um, that's what I used. Also, the state of Utah uses Vanguard funds, and I've used, I had used those in the past for my kids as well. Then another question that I often get is, um, are online schools, generally speaking, cheaper than regular schools where you actually go to class? You mean like the for-profit schools? Yeah, yeah like a for-profit No, I don't school. think they are. I mean, I think oftentimes they can be more expensive because, you know, they're not going to give – merit aid. They're not going to give cuts in prices. Any money that you get uh, to cut the cost is going to be probably federal um, money, maybe uh, state, if there's a state grant. Uh, the Pell Grants, though, that's the big federal aid program. Right. Basically, you know, that is almost exclusively um, dedicated to families who make under $40,000 a year. You know, family four makes under 40000 Those are the kind of people that get Pell Grant money. So, no, I don't think for-profit schools are cheaper than other schools, no. Okay. Well, you know, we talked about the, um, the 529 plans. A, a lot of folks have a choice between their retirement savings or these types of plans. <laughs> what is, as a financial planner, how do you recommend that people kind of balance their budgets for, for those savings plans? Well, you know, I guess I just think that you should um, try to save automatically for retirement, you know, through a 401K or set up an IRA and, and save automatically. I think it's a lot easier to do that. And then if you're at the end of the month going, okay, do we have any money to devote to our retirement? 
you know, it, if if it's done automatically, you're more likely to save. And and that's how I would do for college too. That's how I did for my two children. Um, you know, it was automatically taken out of my account every month. But I think you really have to be careful. Um, one way I think that you should do it is to be smart about choosing schools and finding schools where it's a good academic fit that will cost you the least amount of money and don't get swept up in all this hype about, um, you know, we have to go to this elite school or, you know, mm-hmm. my kid's going to die if she doesn't get into Georgetown or John Hopkins or Harvard or something. You know, you you have to be a little bit dispassionate about it when you're evaluating your college options. Otherwise, you could get into a load of trouble when you are dealing with this debt later on. Well, I think also that people have... Um you know, this kind of pride issue around the name of the school and so forth. As long as it's a solid um, educational program, I don't think employers uh, care too much about whether you're from an Ivy League or a big-name school um, or, you know, they just want people who are skilled and have have a solid education and come in and, and can produce for them. Right, right. Well, I agree totally. I think that there's way too much hype about the Ivy League, and I tell people, hey, you know what? Point, as I said before, 0.2% of kids going to college this fall go to the Ivy League. Are you telling me that they've got a lock on all the great jobs out there? You know, this small, tiny number of people, you've got to be kidding me. You know, it's really who you are and what you do, not the, you know, the name on your diploma that counts. Exactly. Well, you mentioned U.S. News and World Report, and I know you're a contributor to that. Yeah, I do a uh, blog for U.S. News and World Report. Yeah. But well, I don't the col- like their rankings. <laughs> well, I know. Tell us about that. Okay, well, I don't like rankings um, because, um, one, no no rankings can really measure the kind of learning going on in a school, uh, what kind of experience you will have. But at U.S. News in particular, and I've written a lot about this on my blog, thecollegesolution.com. I, I've written a lot about rankings. In fact, my last post I did yesterday is on rankings. So that's thecollegesolution.com. But um, tw- about 20, over 22% of the biggest factor of U.S. News' rankings is based on reputation. So what they do is, so of course Harvard's always going to be on top or, or Yale or, or Princeton because everybody goes, oh, well, those are the best, so they stay on the top. So basically how they do it every year, U.S. News sends out three questionnaires to every school in the same category. So like the Harvards of the world are in the national university category, and they're lumped in there with like 270 other schools like UCLA and um, um University of Connecticut and University of Michigan and my alma mater, University of Missouri and Northwestern, all sorts of schools, right, Stanford. And all of these three people, the provost, somebody at the mission office, the president's office, is supposed to grade each other school on a scale of one to five. Now, you tell me who, say, at the University of Texas at Austin, what do they know about what's going on at Lehigh University mm-hmm. or, or Alabama, University of Alabama? I mean, it's absurd. And yet that's the biggest factor of these these rankings are these ridiculous, you know, beauty pageant questionnaires. What is a good way to evaluate uh, the quality of, of the educational result for school? Gosh, you know, I could spend an hour on that. You know, um, my, actually my other book, The College Solution, I talk a lot about evaluating um, colleges. Um, gosh, there's so many ways. But um, one is spend some time on a us college's website, not just the, the admissions section of the website, but like 
the academic side. So if you're interested in psychology or nursing or business, spend some time on those academic sites to see, you know, do these teachers seem engaged? Do they get teaching awards? Are they talking about internships for kids? Is there undergraduate research? That sort of thing, you know, can give you some clues. And then also I suggest emailing a professor and seeing if they, you know, asking some intelligent questions about their department and see if they respond. I think it's always it's also good to visit a campus, you know, and if you can visit a professor, um, sit in a class, I think that's good to get some some sense of a school. You know, one reason why my son is at... Uh, Beloit College this year is because when we were visiting liberal arts colleges um, with him, we met with he met with the physics professor at every school, and he ended up actually meeting a couple of physics professors at Beloit, and he he thought they were great. He really connected with them. He met some of the physics kids. He really clicked with those guys too, and he just felt this is the school for me. I think Plus, that's really those are discount. You know, those we got are excellent, excellent yeah. techniques. And when you can get in there and actually visit with people and get the reaction, you get a much more um, really uh, genuine response right. as to what they really think about it and how how they're really engaged and so forth. Well, when selecting a school, you know, a lot of kids, um, young people, don't really they're not sure what direction they want to go right. in. And so, one of the services that we provide for uh, young people is a, a career assessment to help them evaluate their preferences and how those relate to specific uh, careers. So a career assessment can really help to kind of validate the directions to go in, and that can narrow the um, you know the type of programs that you want to pursue. And once you have that narrowed, then you can begin to look at the schools that have the greatest programs in those particular areas, and in that way be more likely to end up at the school that's really going to meet your future career interests. Right. That sounds, that sounds good. Well, you mentioned that many of the top school faculties are more interested in research and publishing than educating students. Right. How, how can families be certain they have a quality education beyond? Are, are there any other recommendations um, you have? Well, that? you know, I um, <laughs> one thing, one reason why I... Uh, like liberal arts colleges for undergrads is because the teachers actually teach to the kids. There's no graduate students, um, you know, and the teachers are there to teach the kids. At universities, what people don't, I think, realize is a lot of the hot professors, a lot of the professors are more interested in their research. The universities are focused on graduate education, and so that's why, and some of these graduate students, particularly in the sciences, get a free ride um, and those are the those are the people, the grad students who are teaching the undergrads. So you know, one of the things I think is important um, that people ask is, hey, what kind of class sizes do you have? And particularly, not just at the beginning, which they're probably for a university you're going to have large class sizes, but for when you get into your major, junior and senior year, you should be having small class sizes, preferably. But some schools you're not. Like I was talking to a kid who just graduated from UCLA. He was an English major. Um, he said he never had any classes as an upper upper division student, English major, that was less than 100 kids. So he never knew his professors. Now, that's something you should ask about. How many kids are going to be in my classes? He would have loved to have small classes. Um, he didn't get a chance. Well, um, what kind of college options for those who maybe are, haven't, haven't got 
you know, as good on their SAT or their grades aren't as good. We just have a minute here. Um, okay. Well, you know, there's about 840, and, I, and this is another thing you can find on my website, thecollegesolution.com. I've got a lot on SAT, but there's about uh, maybe 840, probably more by that, schools now that are either SAT or ACT optional, uh, which means even if you do poorly on those tests, uh, you don't have to submit scores to the schools, and they won't um, penalize you for that. So if you have a good GPA, lousy test scores, you know, you can get into some good schools. I mean, a third of the top 100 liberal arts colleges in this country now are SAT optional. So you might have to do other things like submit an essay, a graded essay, or, you know, have an interview or some, some extra things since you aren't turning in test scores. But, um you know, it's a great way to go for some kids who um, just don't do well on tests. Okay, excellent. Well, we're, we're going to take another break here. Stay tuned for more opportunities to save on a college education. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Michelle Kors, Six Degrees is your connected consciousness. Six Degrees is what comes around, goes around radio. Committed to delivering a fresh perspective on thought-provoking, investigative information that can change your life. Six Degrees connects you to the social and emotional scene and is your trusted advisor from finance to romance, mainstream to metaphysical. It's a positive, upbeat look at life, love, and the pursuit of passion. Get connected Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you are listening to total career success with ken and cheryl dawson 
Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Lynn O'Shaughnessy, and we've covered a lot of ground about shrinking the cost of college. Well, we know from years of um, working in the training and development arena that people are motivated when they have skin in the game. Incentive seems to work for everyone. And how does that apply to college students? Well, I think that, you know, kids should, you know, most kids are going to be taking out loans and are going to help pay. But I think even for those who, who whose parents can afford to pay the whole thing, which is, I guess, slowly decreasing those those folks in that category. But, hey, I think my own kids, for instance, they have to pay for all their books and they have to pay for any of their living expenses beyond their official room and board. So I think... Um, you know, they spend more time looking for books that are that are cheap used, right? I mean, they they watch their pennies more because it's their money. So I think it's very important that kids pay for at least part of their education. Well, I would concur with that. Well, you you mentioned uh, somewhere you shared with me that you had saved over a hundred thousand dollars on your children's college education, and one of them's just starting. Right. Um, can it really be cheaper to have two children and? In college, at the yeah, I can. You know, my daughter goes to a liberal arts college in Pennsylvania, Juniata College, and um, and then, as I said, my son goes is in Wisconsin and Beloit College. And once you're you have two kids in school, what's called your expected family contribution drops by half. Ah. So your expected family contribution is what, at a minimum, a school is going to expect you to pay for one year of school. So let's say your you know your expected family contribution is you know. 20000 right, for one kid. Once two kids are in school, that expected family contribution will drop to 10000 for each kid. And the lower, you know, the better as far as getting financial aid. So if a school, say, is $30,000 and you've got two kids in and their expected family contribution is 10000 each, then you could conceivably get $20,000 of aid from each of those schools. Well, and one of the uh, <clears throat> I just did a seminar for veterans, as I think I mentioned earlier, and one of the uh, veterans I had uh, basically went through uh, three degree mills. Okay, had three degrees from schools that nobody had ever heard of, and basically they're degree mills or uh, scams in the eyes right. of many people. Share with our listeners uh, your thoughts on that and how to uh, beware of them and stay away from them. Well, one, you should make sure the school's accredited, and I, frankly, I think you should just stay away from um, um, online or for-profit schools, frankly, until they, the industry gets their act together. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I'm sure there's some good schools out there or good programs, but you don't know which they are. Now, when and you they say have very aggressive together. marketing tools, and they can, you know, get you to sign up before you even know what you've done. Now, when you say get your act together, you mean uh, when they're actually accredited as the other schools are? Well, no, the, the industry is, is being scrutinized by the federal government. They've, the GAO just came out with a scathing um, report about the, the aggressive, um, dishonest, deceptive uh, market right. practices of these schools. Right. Well, you talked uh, earlier about the uh, merit scholarships, Lynn. Uh, what about sports scholarships for those who might qualify for those? Okay, yeah, I, I do mention If you go to my my um, blog, thecollegesolution.com, and, and click on, you'll see sports scholarships, and you'll get a lot of information about that. But basically, um, a lot of these 
Um, a lot of people think they're going to get their kids uh, sports scholarships, but the reality is they aren't. Two um, percent of kids who play high school sports go on to get sports scholarships at colleges. Um, so it's very remote. Like there's more than a million boys play football in high school, and less than I think it's uh, maybe thirty thousand get or less than that get a sports scholarship. Where the and it's not a very big amount either. But where the I think the money is is uh, some of these Division three schools where they don't officially have sports scholarships, but they like athletes, and it can help your chances of getting in, and it could help your chances of getting this free merit money, right? Ah, yeah. Um, they want kids. That's part of, you know, schools want kids who are good kids, who maybe are good at a sport. Um, it's better to have the, get the money as a merit scholarship because if the kid decides he doesn't want to play, you know, golf or basketball or or soccer or baseball, then they don't have to. They keep their money because it's not a sports scholarship. So, and these kids can be more like regular students rather than if you get a Division One sports scholarship, you are an employee of the uh, school, frankly. You're not going to have the necessarily the, uh, the best college experience because you're going to be so busy going from class to the sports field. Yeah, I've heard some horror stories about that, so yeah. something to be cautious of uh, if and you're, sports you're scholarships in the 2%. Are only, sports scholarships are only one year, renewable. So you don't get a four-year sports scholarship. You have to have it renewed every year. And if the coach decides, eh, this kid's not working out, or they get injured, you're out. Yeah, could mess up your uh, your whole plan. Exactly. Well, you had a real interesting um uh, chapter about playing the gender card now. What does that mean when it comes okay. to getting an education? Well, um, basically, there's more girls than boys going to college today. And at some school, you know, it's 57% are girls who are enrolled in uh, as undergraduates. At uh, some private schools in particular, it can be 60-40 or even more of a split. So there are some schools that are really desperate to get boys. So sometimes you can get uh, a deal if you're a boy. On the other hand, if you're a girl looking at science engineering schools, you can get a better deal. Like 22% recently of girls got into MIT versus I think about 8 or 9% of boys. Well, I don't so, know where our our uh, time has gone, Lynn, but I want you to get in how people can get a hold of your okay. book. Okay. Yeah, go to my website, thecollegesolution.com. You can get my ebook, Shrinking the Cost of College. It's only available on my website, um, and you can just find it. There's a big um, icon of the book, Shrinking the Cost of College, in the right-hand corner of my website, thecollegesolution.com, and you'll get. You know, I think for a lot of people, it could cut thousands, tens of thousands of dollars off the cost uh, in many cases. Not only that, but All you're offering course. a special discount for our listeners. Yeah, if you want, I've got, if you type in the discount radio, you will get uh, uh, half off the, the ebook version and you will get a significant discount off the spiral bound version of my ebook, Shrinking the Cost of College. So just go to thecollegesolution.com. And you can order it there. It's, that's the only place where it's available. Okay. Thank you so much, Lynn, Thank for being you. with us and sharing this uh, important information. We're going to have another sh- great show for you next week, so be sure to join us again. Have a great week. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.